And welcome again to another edition of the Twins Wrap with the television voice of the Minnesota Twins, Dick Bramer. I am Derek Hansen. And, uh, well, Dick, I don't know what more to say. It's uh, <laughs> It seems like we're going through this over and over again. It's, it's really aggravating, isn't it? Well, it is, I think, for baseball fans and uh, uh, just about everybody associated with the game because it's clearly in everyone's best interest to get the games on the field and on TV and on the radio and all of that as soon as possible. Uh, but we're not there yet. I think we'll get there. We're just not there yet. And there's just such a pent-up uh, eagerness, appetite, if you will, to uh, watch baseball and the other sports. And if baseball's not careful, uh, the, the tide's going to turn. And we all know what can happen if, if uh, you end up with this enfranchised fans, uh, sometimes it takes them a while to warm to your sport again. So there is some urgency, and I suspect, uh, we've said this before, but I suspect next week when we talk, we might have a deal done. Fourth of July, is that realistic now? I mean, that's going to be awfully tough to get that together, but that would have just been a perfect start to it, in my opinion. Just Yeah, yeah. the Fourth of July is on a Saturday, and I guess I was imagining a world where there'd be the a big uh, – um, reveal if you will of the 2020 baseball season the uh, opening day on friday the third and then uh, you would just go on and, and play your 81 82 games or whatever uh, if they were to get a deal done this week and it does it seems unlikely at this point but if they were to do that and they would need three weeks to put together uh, you know training camps you know you're you're right up against you know, the, the 3rd of July, I think there's an outside chance that they still could uh, be playing on the 4th of July weekend. And I guess that's maybe the most discouraging thing for me is just a tremendous opportunity to make a big splash and win back a lot of uh, baseball fans. And they haven't been able to put a deal together yet that would get them on the field for 4th of July weekend. Yeah, hopefully they can do that because I think that would just be a key psychological thing because, you know, you and I talked about this last week. I think the longer they go, the worst thing that you can have right now is out of sight, out of mind, especially when the other sports are planning on playing. And, you know, the NFL, they're lucky as you know what. They they look like they're right on par here to keep going. And the more you go into August or whatever, they might start to forget about you, and you do not want that to happen. No, you've got an opportunity here with the NBA and the NHL resuming at the end of July, and if if you could, uh, you know, from a marketing standpoint, you've got a great opportunity to you know, jump ahead of the other sports in terms of, you know, uh, having your uh, big opening day and, and have weeks literally to yourself uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the sports attention span. And uh, we'll see what happens. I suspect that, uh, uh, as Dave St. Peter was quoted as saying in the Star Tribune last week, that they might be closer than most people realize. I certainly hope that's the case. Uh, we'll get back to that in just a little bit in the next segment probably, but I do want to ask you a little bit, since we talked, uh, kind of a downer for you, it, it sounds like they may not want people like you and Bert and the radio guys to maybe go on the road. How do you feel about that? They want the broadcasters maybe to do it remotely. Yeah, we've been told that, that uh, while we would be a target field for the home games, we would be deemed non-essential personnel uh, for road games. And we would be uh, in um, the studio. Actually, I got confirmed yesterday uh, under the current plans. Uh, we would actually, as odd as this may sound, we would be at Target Field while the Twins were, say, at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. 
uh, working off monitors and uh, doing the best we can to, uh, you know, backfill the telecast with, uh, um, you know, what we're seeing on the screen. Uh, it's not ideal. Uh, it's not optimum. But what has been ideal, uh, optimum, and normal about anything in 2020 this year? So, in a sense, it would just kind of fit in with everything that's that's happened so far this year. Uh, as far as uh, Target Field, you mentioned, how was everything around there? I mean, a lot of what uh, took place was not necessarily right in front of there, but not too far adjacent-wise was a lot of the you know protests and unfortunately some of the looting and all that. I mean, just down the road, it, it, did a lot of downtown pretty much go unscathed around that area? Well, around the ballpark, I haven't heard of any damage uh, by the rioting and looting uh, that, that, that took place. Uh, as you know, the Twins... Target Field is is a fairly secure perimeter, um, uh, and so uh, thankfully uh, there hasn't been any damage done to the ballpark. So we would assume that uh, in the event they do get a deal done, that you know half the games will be played at Target Field, and uh, there won't be you know many people in the ballpark. But uh, luckily, I guess uh, I would be one of them. <laughs> it's going to be a little odd, I'm sure, right? It kind of goes back to the old days of the old uh, fake crack of the back and reading the the uh, ticker, uh, right? And that's what the old radio broadcast used to do. Yeah, I, I, you know, like most play-by-play guys, I think my value uh, on a telecast is not being there at seven o'clock when the game's being played, but being there at three o'clock and you know having a chance to talk to Mitch Garver about. Uh, and a bat or two that he had the night before, or whether he had ever caught this pitcher that the Twins are going to run out run out there that night in spring training, you know, backstory type stuff that we can include into the telecast. Well, you know, that's probably not going to be available to us, so it'll be a unique situation. Um, our job, you know, is going to be to make the telecast as interesting as possible. It's just the the toolbox that we've normally been able to carry to work every day isn't going to be uh, very full in terms of being able to have access to the people who the viewers want to hear from. You know, another unfortunate thing about it for you personally, too, is many times whenever I go to the ball game, you like to walk the concourse, talk to some of the fans, kind of get a feel for the yep. day. I mean, that, that that is going to be really, I'm sure, tough for you this year, too, in 2020. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to be uh, very uncomfortable for the players, uh, the coaches, the managers. Um, you know, it's it's you know everybody's got to be flexible. Uh, I'll have no problem being flexible, but you know, over the years, I've I've grown pretty comfortable uh, in terms of my game prep because you know I'd like to think I'm pretty thorough and and go about my business and and bring to the telecast some things that are of interest uh, to the fans, and I'll still have that task. I'll just have to find, apparently, a different way to get it done. Yeah, it's certainly strange. That is for sure. Getting back to the negotiations, and you and I mentioned last week the sausage making is always ugly, and I don't want to put you in between a rock and a hard place here because you have to deal with players and you know the, the management all the time, but is there a concerning thought? Because I can't really believe, just knowing a little bit of how Dave St. Peter and the poll ads run, that they would really want this. But would there be a segment of the owners out there that maybe just don't want a season? Because if they're coming at 75% of the prorated salary, knowing that the players wanted 100, 
I mean, do they? Is there a group of owners? Do you think that maybe just don't want a season because they won't make back what their expenses would be? Well, that's what their their claim is that uh, under the um, restrictions that we will all be under, where there you know, won't be any ticket revenue, and because of that, playing the games will actually be a loss for them. Um, players, of course, don't believe that. There's, you know, the mistrust that's existed for decades between the two parties. But uh, I, I don't think any owner wants to scrap the season uh, entirely. They've they've got a mechanism in place, something that was agreed upon back in March, that the commissioner could uh, issue an edict of a 50-game season, regular season and then expanded playoffs. And that is the baseline, I believe, for, for where we're uh, at right now. There will be 50 regular season games. And I think all the owners are on board with that. I think there's, in, in a period of disunity, uh, I think the, the owners are unified on that front, that there will be a season, there will be a postseason. Their concern, uh, one of many, is to get all of it completed before the anticipated second wave of COVID-19. Interesting there, too, because you mentioned if you're doing a 50-game season, let's say you start in July, I mean, that means it, you'd probably, and this has been argued, I think, for a lot of baseball fans for a while because in September with the start of the NFL and college football, sometimes they're forgotten. I mean, you're talking a pretty expanded playoff then, right? I mean, you're going to start pretty early with the playoffs. They're talking about 16 of the 30 teams would be in the postseason, which would suggest to me that they're going to be some teams with losing records uh, that are going to be in the playoffs. And it, it's, it's just going to be unusual. I mean, somebody's going to be, if, if everything is played out, someone's going to be a world series champion and it could be the Minnesota twins, uh, but it's going to be a, a very peculiar uh, regular season. Um, it's going to be an unusual postseason, And the frustrating thing, I think for a lot of baseball fans, much of this has been out of anyone's control, but now you're in a situation where thankfully, you know, the, 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 the COVID-19 virus, some of the analytics are a little encouraging now in terms of being able to conduct life somewhat at, uh, at a normal pace uh, and, and, you know, having games played, albeit without fans. And now the hang up is something that is controllable. It's something that human beings should be able to figure out when much of you know this country has been gripped in a situation that has been beyond anyone's control. Yeah, <laughs> there's no question. That's the aggravating part about that for sure. Is just that with the way, and you got to wonder if some of the research is. You know, I mentioned yesterday that the World Health Organization talked about you know it may be rare that asymptomatic people are going to pass it. So that could be a positive. I mean, who knows what we're going to find out in a month or so? So hopefully they can get something done. Because, you know, if, if we can get to back to some normalcy, you certainly want to be ahead of the eight ball here. Yeah, you know, and here we're, we're anticipating a second wave months down the road when this virus has been unpredictable, uh, you know, one week out in terms of what the numbers are going to be. The curve has been flattened pretty much across the country. And, and so we're in a better spot, it appears, uh, than we were, you know, just a few weeks ago. Uh, but if, you know, your parent or grandparent 
has been diagnosed with the virus, that's not much consolation for you. So, you know, we've got an opportunity here to, to really provide some entertainment to a nation that has been deprived of it for months now. And it's incumbent upon the players and the owners to give whatever each side has to give to make this happen. Uh, the analogy I used on Twitter today was that, you know, uh, the two sides or, you know, two parties need each other. They're always bickering. They're blaming each other and they're making life difficult for everybody around them. It sounds like a, you know, a marital TV sitcom when it's the reality and has been for decades between these two warring factions within the game of baseball. Yeah. Well, the first sitcom that I thought of was the Jeffersons because George and Wheezy always seemed to just have their outs, but boy, they loved each other in the end. <laughs> yeah, and then the long time before that, the Honeymooners. Yeah. You know, I mean that was. Uh, so that's kind of where it's at. And if, and if there weren't, if there wasn't so much at stake, it would be funny. But there is an awful lot at stake, and ultimately, I hope both sides understand that. You know, getting back to what you're talking about with uh, the expanded postseason. Because there's been talk about shorting up the season and expanding the playoffs for a long time, much like the NBA is thinking about flipping their schedule forever, and that's been talked about for years. But here you look at this situation where they've talked about, you know, since Christmas Day is such a big day to them, and it's almost like the unofficial start, and they would go with the NBA Finals all the way until July, which I don't necessarily think would be good for baseball. Do you think, <laughs> if you think about it, but if, do you think that baseball maybe you look at you know, getting playoffs with expanded playoffs started in September if this works out? Well, I, I don't think, especially after this year, that there's much of a chance of a shortened regular season. Uh, I think that, the, you know, the, the economic impact of, you know, the 2020 baseball season is something that's going to be felt for years to come. So I don't think there'll be any uh, uh, interest or drive to shorten the regular season uh, and expand the playoffs uh, with a short regular season. Now, one of the negotiating points currently is the expanded playoffs uh, beyond this year into 2021 as well. Universal designated hitter is also on the table. So there's some other, I don't want to say secondary uh, issues here, but but they're you know they're trying to figure out a way to get the game on the field this year with some components of this agreement extending to next year and beyond. Of course, Derek, you know, baseball's unique in that you've got bookends of, of, you know, bad weather on each end of what is already a six month regular season. Now that's less of an issue in Texas where the stadiums are domed and, but you know, in the upper Midwest, you've got, you know, 10 teams in this region uh, and Milwaukee's the only one that has uh, a domed uh, ballpark. So you, you've got to be careful about extending either the regular season too early into March. We've already done that. Or having the regular season and postseason extend into November. We've already done that. Uh, it's, you know, it's NBA can play 12 months out of the year. The NHL can do it. Uh, football probably would if uh, it could. But baseball's got the, the, the issue of uh, weather on the front and back end of its regular seasons already. Yeah, no question about that. <laughs> you mentioned I saw that they're having a graduations in the new Texas Rangers ballpark yesterday, so with a lot of spacing. It, and it's really I, I feel bad for them just the fact that they had this big grand opening, and it's uh, to, to say it's a soft opening would be an understatement. Well, I think one of the uh, uh, hopes 
Uh, and yet one of the concerns is the transition that might occur once this hoped-for season actually starts, uh, that by the end of it, some fans will be allowed into the ballparks in very limited numbers, um, you know, but we're socially distancing now in stores and restaurants and all that. It's conceivable that you could do that in a ballpark and have, you know, um, you know, maybe a, a thousand fans. I don't know, instead of 30, 35,000, but you might be able to sell a thousand tickets and yeah. uh, that might help uh, relieve some of the, you know, financial distress that the owners I uh, think they're uh, going to be going through this year. Well, it certainly would help the ambiance too, and, and you know it, it, that would help out a lot. It will be interesting. I think the biggest thing that's going to be curious is uh, expanded playoffs and more revenue. It, it, could that be? You know, that, I think that's going to tell a lot of stuff too, because who knows what the revenue pie is going to be before it's all said and done. Hopefully they can uh, figure that out. Well, uh, speaking of revenue, I know that I've seen more and more people walking around with a uh, game used your book. So that's a good sign as uh, things are open up and bookstars are open up. And I just, I literally have a few stitches left to, to finish this up. Hopefully I'll do this weekend weather. And then of course we had a little situation this past, uh, you know, two weeks ago, two weekends ago with everything. I didn't get a chance to finish it up, but I, I'm sure that that's uh, going pretty brisk for you right now. Well, uh, it's yeah. The, the the book itself was sent off a few weeks ago for its second printing, and so that that's encouraging. And again, you know, the the, the idea is for the book was for it to be a, a twins history book of the first sixty years uh, through the two thousand nineteen season, and regardless of what twenty twenty is going to look like, uh, hopefully readers will enjoy. Uh, you know, the twins history that's included in the book from the perspective of, uh, you know, a little kid who literally followed the team since day one in 1961 up through the uh, championship celebration of 2019. So uh, we'll, we'll hope that, uh, uh, you know, we'll have a season in 2020 and that uh, it'll be a nice, uh, the book will be a nice complement to what we hope will be a, a successful year on the field for the twins. Well, you certainly can't say, you know, you, you wish you could have waited another year to add anything to it because there's nothing really to talk about. So <laughs> <laughs> this, as far as that's concerned, it kind of uh, fit anyway. If you want to follow baseball and the history of it, it's a good book to pick up, Game Use with uh, Dick Bramer. Uh, Dick, we'll talk again next week, and uh, hopefully, I'm not going to say this ever again, hopefully we have better news next week. <laughs> because, yeah, it'd be nice to eventually be able to have games and uh, home runs and double plays to talk about instead of labor relations. So hopefully we'll get there sooner rather than later, Derek. You bet. Thanks so much for being with us again. Dick Bramer with us for the Twins Wrap, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. We do it each and every Tuesday, 545, starting with the Drive Time News Hour and finishing up right here on Couch Potato Radio. Twins Classic Radio coming up as we uh, finish out our uh, blast into June here with the Bomba Squad, and what a great game this was. It was the second game of a day-night doubleheader and pretty much solidified the American League Central title for the Minnesota Twins last year. That is coming up for you shortly. This has been Couch Potato Radio. Derek Hansen with you on the Mighty 790 KFGO.